0: Drug addiction is real, and it's affecting millions of people every single day. There are some people that are using that adversity to become an advocate for others struggling. And the interview today is one you're not going to want to miss because there's one man who is turning his pain into purpose and sharing his struggle to be an advocate for overcoming addiction. I see my victory so clear. I see my victory so clear. So guys, pharmacy, we're all about helping people with medications, with counseling and all of the many things that we do as the experts on medication. However, with that does come the other side of it from time to time, addiction. We know that this is such a serious problem affecting so many lives. And if you think about it, If you don't know someone who's struggling with it or you have not in your past, I guarantee that someone in your life knows someone or someone is or has struggled with addiction in the past. So this is a real world problem that I don't think gets enough talk, especially from people that have gone through it and are using their process of recovery to be advocates for others. So I'm really excited and honored for this podcast interview, um, because this man right here uh, has become a dear friend uh, because he started off as a client through the Script Your Brand course and training that I've been talking about for several months. And uh, I've just so much belief in your journey and mission, man, that seriously, like, he's he's a super cool friend. And as you can see, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, we are in the new studios. So this is the first recording. So it's your honor, dude. Oh, man. But I want to, before I before I steal the mic too much, I want to give the mic to you, man, and just say, first off, thank you and, and introduce you. Uh, guys, this is Brian. He is the manager at True Rest Float Spa in Wexford, Pennsylvania. He is a graduate of the Script Your Brand course and just a rock star in life. And
1: just seriously, dude, like so much respect for you. So thanks for being here, man. Yeah, of course. Um, And you touched on it earlier about kind of the um, prevalence of addiction, especially when it comes to pharmaceuticals. Yeah. And obviously the one that or one of the ones that people are very familiar with is Adderall. Um, But I think a lot of times people get kind of caught in this thing, like Adderall addiction really is rampant, which it is with college and high school students. Um, but for me, it really didn't hit until, until I was an adult. Yeah. So when you say addiction,
0: there's lots of different forms of addiction. Um, but your form was specifically prescription medication. Yeah. So can you just kind of share what your story of addiction looked like and walk us
1: through, um, how that started and then just a little bit of your journey with that process? Yeah. So I want to say that, um, I think the first time that I took Adderall was 2013. Uh, the first time that I took it was obviously not prescribed to me, it was, it was uh, acquired on the street. Uh, but the first time that I took it, it kind of let something in me where it was like, oh, this is what life should be like. Like this is, everything seems easy, uh, everything seems clear, like I have purpose, I know where I'm going. It all made sense, um, which to me was telling me, you you got ADD, go get prescribed. Um, so I made an appointment. <clears throat> With uh, I think it was just a psychologist at the time, it wasn't a psychiatrist, just a psychologist. Uh, made an appointment, went, filled out the, I don't know if it's still the same thing, but the questionnaire basically like, do you struggle completing tasks, blah, blah, blah. Uh really wasn't a difficult thing for me to not only convince the test, but convince myself that those were things that I mean, I do struggle with them, don't get me wrong. Right. But it was kind of like, oh, to what extent do I really does this impact me? Um, So 2013 went, got prescribed Adderall, started off healthy and normal, and things were great. Uh, Three years taking it as prescribed, Um, originally was prescribed just an extended release dose in the morning. Uh, I want to say two, two and a half, three years into it, um, got added an instant release in the evening. So it was an extended release in the morning, instant release in the evening, which was actually maxed out dosage for, for most Adderall prescriptions. Again, a couple years, took it as prescribed, um, but the more I took it, the less it was that feeling of, which I now know is the hot feeling, but yep. the, the feeling of, yes, this is what life should be. And being that I was already prescribed the max dosage, the only way to go up from there was to self-diagnose or self-prescribe a higher yep. dose. Uh, so began kind of self, prescribing myself higher dose through the medication that I was prescribed already, which was, so again, 60 Adderall pills every month. Uh, started off making it through most of the month, 25, 26 days. Two or three days, I'd go without it. Okay, no big deal, whatever. Yeah. Uh, long story short, managed to find other ways to, to get access to Adderall outside of my own prescription. Um, so... That no longer became a worry to not have those couple of days without Adderall. So when I no longer had to worry about those couple of days, I then be I was then able to step back and be like, okay, I could take just like a little bit more today because I have all of these extra ones built up. Yeah, and from there it's just a snowball. Um, I want to say probably at the height of it, my sixty pills pro- plus probably fifty to sixty as well, and um, that would last me about two and a half weeks. Wow. So at the height of it, at the worst of it, those three, two, three, four days of withdrawal became 14, 15 days.
0: Yeah. Wow, man. Well, thank you for being so real and, and sharing that. So that went on for like months, years, or how long was how long was that building until you reached a point where it was like something has to change or there was like... Some call to action, like this cannot go on anymore. Like, was this was this you that made this decision? Was this did this affect your
1: relationship? Because you're oh, yeah. married, correct? Yes. So um Did it affect your job? Like tell us the impact. So the job that I had at the time was managing a gym. Um I loved the fitness industry. That was what my master's degree was in, which was actually what I was going through as I got prescribed Adderall was my master's program. But being a manager of a gym that I was trying to kind of take off, it was there was always more to do and never enough time, or at least in my mind, more to focus on and never enough time to do it. All right. Uh, so it was a kind of a toxic environment that I wasn't necessarily aware of at the moment. It just built up over time. Uh, and in the midst of the addiction, when I went through those periods of time or those, what I don't know, seven, eight, nine days where I was going through that withdrawal, all things in my life were kind of on the back burner. It yeah. was just like, let's just get through these seven, eight, nine days. Yeah. Uh, so I necessarily wasn't aware, um, the impact that it was having on my relationship as a whole. And it actually wasn't until unfortunately, um, or fortunately, depending on which way you look at it, my marriage was basically almost over. Wow. Um, and it was kind of that call to action, which was what made me want to get clean. Wow, man. And what year was that? That was 2019. Wow.
0: So there was a call to action. And I think, um, you shared with me. So I, I met his wife, awesome woman. She's also a social media rock star. Um, and I've been vetted as what she called me the real deal. <laughs> so she's, she's the real test, you for real. Um, but I think you shared with me in that story is she was like on her way to the
1: airport. Yeah. She had no idea. She had literally no idea that I, I mean, she knew I was prescribed all. She had no idea that I struggled with addiction. She couldn't figure out why I went through those periods of times where I was kind of a, Behold to her, yeah, for lack yeah. of a better term. So that came
0: to a point where, you know, the relationship was in jeopardy mm-hmm. and you started to just take a look back at your life and say, yo, what? I, I got to do something about this. So what, what, what led you to take action or decide like, uh, so here, here's a real talk that I just want to interject and tell me if I'm right on this. Yes. I didn't tell you this yet, but whenever we want to change things in our life. We feel like there's this huge thing that has to happen. Like there's all these things that have to go down. And we have to do this all complicated process. But really, our life, our whole direction can change in an instant. And that instant is when we make a decision, mm-hmm. when we make a commitment.
1: Is that true? Yeah, definitely. So when was that moment for you? Like what did that look like? So I dropped her off at the airport for her to take off to see some friends. Um, and basically in my mind, it was like, okay, if my marriage is over, like I might as well start over from... Square one, like, clearly this isn't working for me. Clearly I'm not happy. Yeah. Clearly this led to the end of my marriage. Like, if, if this is over, like, I might as well start over from from square one. Yeah. Um, And obviously I held out the hope that, like, I'd be able to save it. But if not, like, at least I was able to save myself. Was that? Yeah. yeah. Um. So on the way home from, from dropping her off, I reached out to, I think, my brother was the first person to say, like, yo, would you be willing to take me down to the crisis center? Like, I need help. Dude, that's...
0: Like for real, yeah. wow. when you told me that story, I, I think I hugged you like real big. Yeah. 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 Um, there were tears for me <laughs> for real. Um, yeah, man. But that, that's just awesome. Cause that takes a lot of courage. Like regardless of what recovery program you're in, the first is accept, like, acknowledging it. Yeah. Like saying like, all right, there's, there's a problem here that needs addressed.
1: Yeah. I think the, the hard part for me was there was, I would say at least a year in my mind where that was going through, like, yo, you got a problem, like go get some help. But yeah. I think the fear was like, if you admit you have a problem, like everything else crashes down around you. Yeah. Which the is... healing process is also the unraveling process
0: mm-hmm. and you, you're like, I got this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that led to, so when you admitted that, when you told your wife this, that was the beginning, you made the decision, you, you're like, I'm going to take action. I'm going to get, I'm going to get help. I'm going to do mm-hmm. this. What, what next happened? So did your relationship change? Did your career change? Like what led you, what was your, I guess, healing process? Did that involve
1: therapy? Did that involve programs? Like, what did that look like for you? I was super fortunate. Um, I went through probably about five or six days, um, post getting clean where the only thing I could do was wake up, go teach a fitness class, come home, sleep. Yeah. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And this was while she was visiting friends. Um, still not fully, um, not necessarily aware, but, but bought into the concept like, yo, this is actually something that you're struggling with. This makes sense. This is why things are the way that they are. Um, so about five days in is about when she, I think, came back. Um, and thankfully, by the time she came back, I was starting to feel more normal, more yeah. like myself, more like myself than I felt in a really long time. Um, so she got back, and it was kind of like, oh, like he still is here. Um, I can't remember how much longer I stayed at the gym after that. It wasn't long, probably a week or so. Uh, and not to go too far down that road, because that's not here nor there. Yeah. Uh, You realized that where you were working was part of
0: the problem. Your environment was not helping. Right. So you changed, you you admitted you'd need a problem, you changed your environment. So you took extreme ownership, Mm -hmm. like all areas of your life. Yeah. And that led you to therapy, right? And then what what else, like what was part of your therapy? Because a lot of times when we hear the word therapy, and I'm a huge advocate of therapy, like both at work as a pharmacist and like on the podcast, all over social, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know that. Um, But it's not just sitting in an office with a professional, it's the daily disciplines or the things that we can do to improve our self-care. And one of those things led you to your new job. Mm -hmm.
1: And can you tell us a little bit about what that, how that fit, how you came to find that? Yeah, so actually I quit the gym with like literally no backup plan. I'm like, this is just not a good environment for me. I gotta find something more healthy. So I quit. Started playing online, went down the route of physical therapy, um, worked in physical therapy, I want to say from September, August or September of 2019 until, um, I don't know, March of 2020, something like that. Yeah. Right as COVID started to shut down. um, And it was like, as I was kind of laid off at home, it was kind of this, okay, yeah, I love my job. My bosses are great. Like my new work environment is fabulous, super welcoming, really fostering like a healthy environment. But it wasn't necessarily my calling um, and it was kind of a drive. So back to the job boards I went, just started applying to to different jobs. Um, And I'm kind of the guy that like, if you see a job that even remotely interests you, like you go and you apply because what's the worst that happens, right? Hey, I love the attitude, man. Yeah. So uh, applied to Rest, which I honestly knew nothing about. Like I've heard of floating. I think my wife actually floated there one time in the past, but happened to get a call for an interview and... Yeah, that was the beginning of it. So this is fascinating, guys, because I had no clue
0: what floating even was. Like, it's not tripping. Like, that's not what floating is. Okay, it's not. It's not that. All right. So let's be clear. Um, But how I actually got to have Brian as a client was the same type of curiosity because I was literally on my walking route and I saw this sign. I would pass your your business every single day and you had a sign out. And I was like, I have to figure out what this float therapy is. So for those who don't know about floating or float therapy, can you just kind of explain, give us a rundown of what exactly it is? Yeah.
1: So uh, float therapy is essentially an hour long um, form of therapy where at least for us uh, at True Rest, ours are more in a pod. There's tanks. There's different forms. Um, but basically, you're laying in 1,000 to 1,200 1, 1, pounds of Epsom salt in 10 inches of water. So water that is denser than the densest sea in the world. Denser than the Dead Sea. Um, and just the benefits that come from kind of returning to this state where not only are the distractions from the world disconnected, not only do you not have to focus on... Let me back up and say, I was going through Target the other day, and I happened to notice all the different sounds that you hear with every passing second. Like, there's there's a ringtone, there's a different ringtone, there's a different ringtone. A lot of stimuli all throughout the day. Yes. Which is actually what REST stands for, which is Reduced Environmental Stimulation Therapy. Reduced Environmental Stimulation Therapy. Yeah. So, um, it's an hour to kind of disconnect from all that. And while you're floating in this water, you kind of reach this state where... I don't want to say anti-gravity because I hate that term, but you have no other, I don't even know how to explain. Do you have any idea? Yeah, just like floating.
0: So I've done it many, many times, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's super uh, just relaxing. So yeah. j- it's literally just floating in basically salt water and yeah. you can have light in, or you can make it like a dark room, but it's a pod where you just float with no stimuli, you're, you're floating in water. And you have got like a headrest and it's just an hour of complete silence and stillness. And the thing that I really love about it is its total presence because so many times... You're you've, like you're saying, like walking through Target. You've got so many stimuli grabbing your attention. Yeah. You've got uh, the marketing smells from the pretzel place. You've got, you know, the ads from the intercom. You've got cell phone ringtones. You've got thoughts in your head like, oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. And you're not even there like you're physically there. But mentally, you find that oftentimes you're somewhere else. This literally hits pause on the world and allows you to reconnect with the present, which, in my opinion, is the greatest gift that we have. Mm -hmm. So it's just absolutely tremendous because for me, as you guys know, the fit pharmacist like fitness is in my wheelhouse, both physical fitness because I'm a competitive bodybuilder. This helps with recovery for muscles but it also really helps recovery of the mind and your mental health. Now, I was looking at it through my lens, but then I met Brian and heard his story.
1: So did that pair at all with your recovery journey? Yeah, so uh, for me, what floating has done is, it's allowed me to go more inward. So with addiction, for me, at least it was drowning out all the things that I didn't want to process. Wow. Um, So you're drowning out the noise through addiction But when you float, you drown out the noise and allow yourself to really go inward as to like what you're dealing with. Without a doubt, the number one
0: source of stress and anxiety when it comes to building your personal brand has to do with content. And I'm talking about all the things. When to post, how to post, what platforms are gonna be best for your content, your hard work to take off. What is your audience looking for? Where are they hanging out? What sort of strategy do you need in order to take your passion and turn that into purpose, helping other people achieve their goals? If you're feeling overwhelmed, stressed out, and like there's so much to do and know that it's not even worth the anxiety, stop. Because this was me years ago, and I have helped so many people across the world build their personal brand using the clarity and confidence from what I have developed and sharing with you now. This is your 2021 personal brand content calendar. I've spent the last several months creating this for you and guess what? It's totally free. It's a resource to help you get your wheels in alignment so that you can take all of your passion and skills and get centered on your focus to building your brand. If you want a copy, Go to thefitpharmacist.com slash content calendar to get yours today. This is the resource you've been looking for to allow you to dispense your full potential. End the confusion on content and get started to script your brand. So I'm gonna dive deep right now. I just am gonna get my soapbox real quick. And you guys know I post about this several times. So Whenever you hear people that are striving for success, and if you're listening to this, chances are you are really trying to make the most out of your life. You've probably heard the phrase, do the work. That isn't really explained what that means. When people say that are successful, do the work, they are not talking about staying up late and doing all the studying and grinding like that. You have to do But the people that make it that like top 2%, the people that break through tremendous barriers and obstacles and adversity like Brian has, doing the work is actually working on yourself. Because real talk, we all have some crap from our past, from our present, things we're not proud of, things that we want to advance and grow. We all have that, every single one of us. Me, you, all y'all fam. That is real talk. And the real work is owning that And developing the best parts of you and managing the parts that you're not necessarily proud of and this is a deep dive that a lot of people will probably tune out from but when you hear do the work that's what it is and it's here's the reason why most people don't like to hear it and why most people don't like to do it it sucks Real talk is not comfortable. Like when we look in the mirror, like we're like, yeah, we're a rock star. That's true, but there's also another side because we don't wanna be reading our own headlines too long and ignoring all the content down below. I'm not saying be self-depreciating of yourself or only read the bad stuff. That's not what I'm saying, take this in full context. What I'm saying is if you're not where you wanna be or maybe you've made some awesome leaps and bounds, there's always work to do Not to be overwhelming, but when you face these parts of you that you want to improve or change or just learn more about. It's not even about. And and by the way, me saying this doesn't I'm not saying that everyone's broken or everyone needs fixed. That's not what I'm saying. So please don't hear what I'm not saying. This is a real talk truth. I really want you to think about because everyone has this opportunity and everyone has this call that of doing the work and it's really looking inward. So I'm really glad that you said that, Brian, because that is literally the secret. People ask me all the time, like, yo, how'd you make such a transformation? What's your secret? It's doing the work behind the scenes because when you do the work behind the scenes, that's how you get rewarded in public when you do that in private. And it's not comfortable. There's going to be tears. There's going to be some, some language, <laughs> right? There's going to be some emotion that you might not want to share with others. But that's the kind of work that needs to be done in order for real healing
1: to occur. So, <sighs> soapbox down. <laughs> well, that was, but, just, like, that was yeah. just like that quote I said before we even started, which was a lot of people want to be heard, but not a lot of people want to be seen. Yeah. And I think that goes or starts with yourself. Like you have to want to see yourself at your worst um, before you can let others see yourself.
0: Yeah, because a lot of times we we put this image of Here's, here's who I want people to see me as. And that's great to strive for an ideal and to grow and improve, but you have to make sure that you're still working on those parts of you to develop those. And again, all of us have these and they're not comfortable. And again, that's why most people don't, Do this, first of all, and why most people, other than this crazy man sitting right here in the black shirt pointing at myself, talk about it because it's not that comfortable to talk about. But the reason I can is because I've gone through it and I am still going through it. And it's something that I think people need to hear, especially in pharmacy and in healthcare and really in whatever profession you're in, because we have such high standards of ourselves. And here's something that I really want to bring your guys' attention. So this is why we have high standards. Because if we make a mistake, literally one mistake can kill somebody. One mistake can end our career and put us in jail or worse, one of our patients in the morgue. That's the reality of our profession, depending on what your practice setting is. So we do have to have high standards, especially with safety, but then also legal. Now, if you, however, take those standards and apply them to all other areas of your life and compound that with time, you see how that can cause some anxiety and overwhelm. That is the awareness piece that I'm talking about. So with that being said, exactly what you said is to so spot on man. So with the, with the floating, it gives you that presence and allows you to look inward. Mm-hmm. Now, can you just kind of share, like since you've started floating, what has that done for you? Like as far as the awareness piece, uh, like did you think that you, when you started your healing journey, you might've gone in thinking, okay, I need to address these things. But then through floating and having that awareness, we're we're talking mentally here Mm -hmm. did that bring to light any other things that maybe people have been telling you and you heard it but you didn't really listen to it and then it just kind of clicked you're like oh now I know what they were talking about oh yeah 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 I I have (laughs) to
1: I think the nice thing about about floating um, at least for me has been well not to go too scientific with it but when you float parts of your brain are activated that are literally almost never activated um, so for me, not only coming back from addiction, from something that did a number on my brain, I would assume yep. given that it's a stimulating, uh, prescription coming back from that. And then also trying to work through what I would at least consider whether it was present before or after the addiction ADD type tendencies, yeah. uh, my brain's all over the place. So having that time to kind of allow my brain to, To activate areas that aren't normally activated, it allows me to go down pathways that not only have I not gone down in a while, but I don't even necessarily know that existed. Yes. Um, Good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. And if
0: you guys are listening to this, if you're trying to build your brand, which you probably are, because that's my wheelhouse and that's what I help people like Brian do, is you're a creative in some sense. You're looking for ideas. You're looking to grow. And yo, you know, this is one of my main benefits. Like when I float, there are times where I'll jump out of the pod and I'll literally like be taking notes because I got so many awesome ideas of this and that. And a lot of the things that we worked on came from floating, like real talk. So it's um, So I don't want you to feel like, oh, well, if I go and float, I'm going to have all these dark thoughts and look at the worst parts of me. That's not what I'm saying. Like you get out of it, you're going to have different experiences, but it's going to help you grow in so many different levels. Now, there's some cool things that you can do with floating too. I call this seeding. So one thing that I do, and I've never told you this, is I will like meditate or I'll like my gratitude journal and just like write down 10 things I'm grateful for right before going into floating so that while I'm floating and there's no stimulation, like there's no phone, nothing. I'm, I've literally seeded my thoughts with what I'm grateful for. So for an hour, there's no interruptions, there's no distractions, and I can focus on what I'm grateful for. And what, uh, what the, what's good about that is it allows you to go to a deeper level. So for example, I'm grateful for the opportunity to work with Brian as a client. What about that makes me grateful? How am I grateful to have Brian? What specifically am I grateful for? What else has come out of it? And I've met your wife who's awesome and now I'm friends with her too. Right. And like there's the multiple layers and having that um, like focus allows you to unravel those like an onion. And it just just takes that gratitude that's real and intensifies it. So there's so many benefits mentally for this and just to clear the noise. Like, when's the last time you cleared the
1: noise in your life? Now, with that said, not to cut you off. Yeah, yeah, go, go. It doesn't have to be this thing where clearing the noise means silent. Yes. Uh, so for me, I can't do that. Like, yes. I'm a verbal processor and that comes in the form of not just listening to people talk, but i um, dealing with my own emotions. verbal I verbally process through music. I love you interjecting because this is so spot on. Yes. Go, go, go. So I, I verbally process through music. So most of the music I listen to is music that relates to at least what I'm going through in that period of time in my life or I've gone through recently. Yeah. So I make a playlist before I float of songs that I already know that I'm hidden home with right now uh, and I listen to that as I float
0: yeah I mean you can do that um, the other cool thing with true rest is they allow music so you can do like ocean waves you can do rainstorms spa music um, they've also got like auxiliary jacks mm-hmm. so you can plug in and listen to like guided meditations yeah. if you want to do that like lots of versatility now that's the mental aspect now I want to dive in if you'd like yeah. the physical aspect because If you are looking to improve all areas of your life, chances are y'all are working out and you've probably had workouts that left you feeling some type of way where you're like, I've got this twinge, like Twerk It Tuesday was too much this week. You know (laughs) what I mean? So you've got some recovery physically. So tell us about like float therapy in terms of how that improves your body's
1: recovery with muscles and everything else. Yeah, I mean the vast majority of people are magnesium deficient to begin with. So sitting in a big tub of Epsom salt for an hour, is going to do anybody a a world of world of good. Um, But in terms of natural alignment too, I mean your joints are allowed to completely decompress as you're suspended in that weightless type atmosphere. Yeah. Um, You don't have to hold yourself up. You don't have to literally do anything, but just be. Yeah. So you're allowed to kind of relax in ways that you're literally never able to. Yes
0: dude and and for real like it improves my recovery probably from like but like it decreases it from like probably by a half to a full day for real yeah and you know you guys know like i'm a competitive bodybuilder i I lift some heavy weights and stuff so it takes me a couple days to recover so it really expedites that process so that i can uh, reach down and pick up the things i drop in the pharmacy a lot faster (laughs) for real i see my victory so clear i
1: see my victory so clear it's a day we break through It's a day we break through It's a day
0: we break through It's a day